Good evening, everyone. So this is our first podcast for the men's ministry. The men's ministry is called a, Ma a Servant's Heart Men's Ministry. Today, it's March 24th. Interestingly enough, it's my brother's birthday. So happy birthday, Memo, if you listen to this. Uh, so it'll be our first time doing it through podcast. So we're pretty excited about it. And I say we because we have a guest. So before we get started, we're going to go over our outline. Uh, for those of you that showed up in our in-person meeting last month, you know that we'll be going uh, through an outline. We try to keep it within 60 minutes. Uh, we will read our mission statement. We'll discuss some current events, though at this point in time, there's only one current event that everyone's talking about. We're going to review our calendar, and then uh, we'll jump right to the Bible study. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce... Our guest for today, he is a friend of mine that I have known since the sixth grade, Lázaro Gutiérrez. Lázaro! Hello, hello. Share about yourself. Tell us about yourself before we get started. Uh, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to share? Well, I mentioned we've known each other since the sixth grade. So okay. start with a funny story and then we can build from that. I don't have too many funny stories. <laughs> Um, Diego, sixth grade high school, high school was probably one of the nicer guys you knew, never got into trouble, smart guy. Talk about yourself, not about me. <laughs> and okay. me, I guess, how was I? I was pretty much the same, right? Went to school, didn't get into too much trouble on the outside, probably on the inside, I was a little bit of a devious guy. And then after high school, got into some bad stuff. Uh, well, before before we get to the bad stuff, during high school, you're missing, and I'm going to brag about you a little bit. Oh, gosh. You were quite the tennis player. Yes, I played a little bit of tennis. So uh, how far did you get? How far? How much of a tennis star were you in high school? No. Um, we don't need to talk about that. Anyhow, so. <laughs> People want to know. Uh, I played some tennis in high school and some college and there. Okay. He was in the CIF ranked number one. Mm. So he was a pretty good tennis player. Then after that, okay, so let's go. So I, I'm assuming you would you want to jump over to your uh, testimonial because after high school, as you mentioned, you did get into some bad stuff. Yeah. And I do remember one of those. I'm going to share a story about Lázaro, okay. a very it. sobering story. So go for it. Uh, he had invited us to his graduation party. Oh, my gosh. And um, this is high school? Or this is or after college? high school, college graduation. So this is a few years after high school, I suppose. And um, I showed up. Late, uh, I had I forgot what I was doing, but I showed up late, and Lázaro unfortunately was partied out, so I don't even think he remembers me being there. Mm -mm. Uh, I don't. He doesn't. So, was that rock bottom, or would you say there was even more after that? Oh, that was the beginning. That wasn't even close to rock bottom. Oh man, okay. That was so, the beginning. Not sure how much you want to share, but do share your testimony. So you you know you went through some difficult trials in life, right? Yeah, it was mostly battling depression. I guess that's the the heart of my stuff or where my heart goes out to people as well who suffered through depression. Because for me, I would say it was probably 20 plus and I'm bringing down the number. But uh, it was many, many years of depression. So um, probably most or all of high school, from part of junior high, all of college, Everything after college until maybe 2012 when everything changed. So here's an interesting thing. You mentioned just now that you were going through a depression even in high school. Yeah. I've known Lazaro since sixth grade. And that's the funny thing about depression. You can't even <clears> tell. <throat> I wouldn't have known. 
right? And how often do we hear stories about people committing suicide and yeah. things like that, that yeah. on the outside, you can't even tell. Yeah. I, 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 this is news to me. I'm learning this now, live via podcast, <laughs> that Lazaro was going through a depression all this time. And yeah. I'm, not, you know, I'm 43, so we've known each other for a good 20 some years. Yeah. And this is a revelation. That's interesting. So, uh, well, you're embarrassed. You know, you really don't want your friends, especially your guy friends. You don't want them to know. But the guys did know because they would see me when I'm down. Like Juan would see me. Well, he and I were always messed up together, or he'd kind of help me when I was down. And but you're really embarrassed about it. And so it was. It was a long battle, long struggle, a lot of lot of drinking, uh, dabbled in some drugs and women and it was it was a mess for many 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 years i don't know how i graduated college and struggled through work and then finally to fast forward into 2012 i was invited to a bible study at my old house which is weird my friend was living at a house that i used to live in when i was a kid so i was intrigued because of that and i guess that got me to go and I just started studying the word with this pastor who used to drive all the way from Riverside to L.A. in traffic on Wednesdays or Thursdays. And if you guys know the drive, that's about a two hour drive or more. And he'd come every week and I just started listening and I was thinking, man, I am as bad as it gets. And I was thinking, I'm done. Like, I'm done with my life. I'm done trying to fix my own life. I can't do it. And I was just praying to God. I remember thinking, you know what? I'm listening to this man talk about Jesus and I'm like, I really don't care if I'm rich anymore. I don't care if I'm married. I don't care if if I have a lot of money. I don't care about anything. All I know is that I want this Jesus this guy keeps talking about in my life and let him control my life. And it was really the surrendering point because I did get baptized in 2006. I thought I was at my lowest in 2006. I thought baptism was going to fix me. I was going to come out of the water and everything was going to be perfect, which was not true. I came out of the water and I was the same, but I hadn't surrendered. In 2012 was when I actually surrendered. And my life has been different ever since. That's not to say that there's no battles. And I remember thinking about that. I I think I bragged to people like, man, I don't have any depression. I I was like new Christian 2012. And then I went through another battle and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I can't believe I'm depressed. As a Christian, I'm not a Christian. And I started doubting myself, but I did notice there was a difference. When I was depressed, there was no Jesus and there was no hope. And if you've been depressed, you know, there's no hope. People could tell you there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see it. You don't feel it. It's impossible. But I remember through this last time I had a a chat group and I messaged my friend telling him, you know what, guys? I don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's only because I knew that Jesus was with me. And I can't say that I I did it on my own because I can't. I already went through depression for 20 some odd years. I know what it felt like. And this was the first time where it was like, I knew there was light at the end of the tunnel, even though I couldn't see it. And I had hope. And that's what Jesus says. There's going to be trials, but I'm going to be with you. And that was the difference. And that is the difference. Funny you talk about trials. That's uh, been one of the themes in our men's ministry. Um, it's been preparation. Uh, but thanks for sharing that. That's that's uh, very revealing. It's, it was around 2012 that you and I reconnected mm-hmm. on Facebook after a good 10-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, when I reconnected with you from Facebook, you were already a believer. Yeah. And I was floored. In high school, neither <laughs> one of us was believer. Neither believer. one of us. Right. But even through high school, uh, 
we had a lot of believer friends planting seeds in us. Wow. And, uh, and you realize it now that those seeds were planted for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I could name a few names, but, uh, uh, you know, people listening to this podcast may not even recognize the names. And when you mentioned Juan, um, <clears throat> I want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, when we were in high school, we had a core group of friends, right? Yes. So we had a core group of friends and Juan was one of them and mm-hmm. Sam, Koki, <laughs> a few other guys that I'm giving a shout out to right now uh, were part of our, our core group. And uh, to this day, we're friends, so which is yep. nice, which is nice. Excellent. So Lazaro, as we go through the Bible study, feel free to, uh, you know, share, chime in, use your personal testimony to talk about the things that this Bible study is uh, okay. going to talk about. So I'm going to jump right to our mission statement. So our mission for the men's ministry is to glorify God through service and biblical principles applied to everyday life, to become leaders in our households, ministry, workplace, and wherever God calls us. And so that's a personal mission of mine that uh, that I'm trying to share with everybody, Lazaro. Uh, as I've gone through the business world and you know my several jobs, whether it's banking, insurance, whatever, uh, I, it's become a passion for me to teach other men to become leaders. Right. And and the reason for that is because I think leadership is lacking in the community of men if you will yeah right and so hopefully this helps inspire some men to grab the bull by the horn and lead and so we have some events all of which were probably gonna be canceled because of the coronavirus stay at home order on march 30th we're gonna have our first church newsletter and uh, we have some articles being written and uh my lovely wife adrian is in charge of the newsletter and she's doing a wonderful job uh, putting that together on April 11th, we are scheduled to have a MacArthur Park outreach with Works of Power. It is unlikely to happen due to the stay-at-home order, but we will see. Things might change. You never know. With God, anything is possible, right? And then the next men's meeting is supposed to be on April 16th, likely to be a podcast again because of the stay-at-home order. But again, if things change, I will put up on the website, uh, Facebook, Social media, we'll make sure we get the word out that we'll be meeting in person. And so we meet the third Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. And uh, for now, again, we're doing podcasts. So uh, those are the events, the upcoming events for this month. So uh, and uh, for those that attended the previous men's uh, Bible study, the theme was preparation. And for those of you listening to the fir- for the first time, the theme is preparation. So how does God prepare us is, is basically what we've been talking about. How does he prepare us for life? How does he prepare us for our trials, future events? How does God prepare us for our heavenly home? Because he is, He has a place for us. Uh, glorious inheritance. So we do inherit his kingdom. Uh, we abandon idols. We have to prepare to abandon our idols. Lazaro, you know, you talk about depression. Um, people have idols in all shapes, sizes, and forms. And when you abandon that, it's a process and it's difficult. Right. Right. And then finally, personal purification. You know, God purifies us. He cleanses us. And uh, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And so we continue to go on and on. There's so many things that God prepares us for. And in the month of February, we talked about how God, how Jesus prepared for his ministry. And uh, it was quite the preparation. It was a 4,000 year preparation. When you think about all the prophecies and things like that. So uh, future pod, future men's ministry will be podcasted so that you can keep up with the series that we're doing. And essentially this year, it looks like it's going to be preparation, uh, preparing for all type of things. So uh, we're going to focus in on trials today. Lazaro. And the reason why I'm focusing on uh, last, on, um, the reason why I'm focusing in on uh, 
on trials is because we're going through a pretty big one right now with this whole uh, stay-at-home order, coronavirus. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the virus that's the issue. It's more the economic impact it's having on everyone. And, uh, you know, I, at my workplace, I've had people already been laid off, you know, losing jobs, and it's happening pretty rather quickly. So that's why I'm focusing in on that. Uh, but with regards to the virus itself, you know, it is a natural uh, sin, if you will. Uh, I remember reading, um, uh, listening to a uh, sermon by John MacArthur, and he called it a, a natural sin. In other words, it happens, diseases, things like that, you know, disasters, weather events, you know, micro sins. In other words, it could be germs, it could be anything like that. We are a fallen creation. We're an aging world. And so that those sorts of things affects us. And you can see in this particular case, something natural is causing something economic and the economic is causing anxiety. Right. So uh, that's what I'm going to focus in today. And with that, I have a Bible verse to read. And so before I continue with this Bible verse, any thoughts on that, Lazaro, with what we just talked about? No, um, <clears throat> I think um, where you're going with this, if I could give a little bit of background on how it yeah. started. Yes. So we have uh, our men's chat and I was thinking the same thing too. There was some chatter, I guess we'll call it. And it seemed like we're all, all four or five of us are brothers in Christ and two of them which we love dearly, seemed like they were almost in panic mode. And I was like, I don't think we're supposed to be panicking as believers. And Diego ends up calling me about this podcast. And he, well, it was more than panicking. It was starting to get a little bit of political, which we don't need. But I do remember feeling like, man, two of our guys are panicking. And I think as believers, we're not supposed to be panicking. We're not supposed to... I think something that came up was um, <laughs> I'll steal if I have to. I'll do this if I have to. And I'm like, <laughs> some of that was said in joke, I think. And uh, I, sometimes too, when we text, that's the thing about texting. Yes. That we don't see that. We don't hear the context, right? Sometimes I make jokes via text and people think I'm serious. And I'm like, oh, yes, couldn't you sense the sarcasm? No. So uh, it, it's very hard to sense in text. Uh, so that's the problem with texting. So, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, so we don't know exactly the, the overall content, but you're right. It, it, did, it did have a, a feeling of, um, of panic, of panic, anxiety, like what's going to happen? We need to take care of ourselves, you know? And then I think we saw it, well, not I think, we did see it being manifested even in society. People are hoarding things yes. that they shouldn't be hoarding. Uh, when I go to the market, uh, we were out of basic things. I mean, I, want, I wanted eggs, they were out of eggs. You know, vegetables, they were out of vegetables. They were out of everything during the first week of this whole thing going down. And it, it, it causes anxiety. And I think part of that, and uh, I'm going to read the Bible verse. Uh, let me read the Bible yeah, verse, actually. Right. And that yeah. way we could talk about it with more uh, context here. So I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. This is the uh, Sermon on the Mount. This is right. part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus uh, was you know, preaching. And so he says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as <clears throat> excuse me, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put also what you will put on, if not more than food, and the body more than clothing. Is, oh man, I'm totally stumbling this. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, as the body more than clothing, right? Verse 26. Uh, look at the birds in the air. 
that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Verse 27. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so closes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow and thrown into the furnace, he will not much more clothe you, you of little faith. So now he's admonishing, you know, people there. Right. Um, Do not worry then, saying, when will we eat or when will we drink or what will we uh, wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And uh, the reason why I like this verse is, number one, I, I, I showed you my notes uh, yesterday, last night. In the Sermon on the Mount, this was like the sixth subject he touched on. So mm-hmm. he touched about the Beatitudes, a couple of other things. And number six was the cure for anxiety, which in, sense, in essence, he's telling us, Today has enough trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow. Right. And even if you worry, what it's not going to add an hour to your life. So why right. worry? Right. So uh, with that context, you know, when we see when we see people kind of shopping around and yes. hoarding things like that, and like you buy up all the fruit, it's going to spoil. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna, you're ruining it for everybody. You know. So, uh, but I thought that was interesting that you know, it, somewhere on the mound, he said, you know, anxiety at the end of the day, that the the, the People go through trials, but the trials is not the the issue sometimes. The issue is the anxiety you have to the trial when you're right. facing it. And so Jesus tells us here very much like, you know, the birds don't have to worry. Why are you worrying? Right. And I love humanity way more than I love the animals. So uh, um, that's that was the, the verse that came to me when all these things happened. I don't know how you. No. Well, you mentioned something about the stores. What did you see in the stores? Because I have a story about the stores, but I want to see yours first. Well, um <clears throat> They were crowded, especially in the beginning. Like I said, I think now it's come down a little bit. Now they're having limit. But in the beginning, it was crowded. The most basic things were missing. Uh, I remember I wanted to look for strawberries. They were gone. I wanted to look for avocados. They were gone. I wanted lettuce. They were gone. I wanted basil. It was gone. I mean, these are just like basic things that were gone. Why even bother looking for water and, and toilet paper? They were like, I didn't even bother looking for that. Right. So that was the experience I had. And, uh, and then in the news, I would see long lines. And I don't know, it, my wife knows this, but I refuse to stand in line. Like, I just, I'd rather not, <laughs> I'd rather not go without it than stand in line. So, uh, but it, what, what was your story? So, Liz and I, Liz is my girlfriend, we went to, I forgot, Dollar Tree or one of these stores uh, on the weekend. And it reminded me of this verse um, where it says, Matthew 6, 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And then he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And I remember we're in line and there was this grown man panicking, essentially saying, we're screwed. Like, who was he saying it to? Like, who he was, was talking to one of his buddies. I, okay. didn't, I didn't even see the man. I, I guess I saw him when he went past me. But they were behind us and these two grown men, young men. We're talking like it's the end of the world. And you could sense the little bit of tension <clears throat> in this storm. And I remember thinking, you can tell the difference between a believer and a non-believer. 
Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it to the chat I have with the girls or the chat I have with the guys, but I mentioned something like that, that you could tell the difference. And where, and God, Jesus is saying it right here. The mm-hmm. unbelievers are like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we? And he's saying, you don't need to do all that stuff. And he's telling us, I got you. And <clears throat> now some people are going to say, but the coronavirus, I don't know when you guys are going to hear this, but everyone's pretty much on lockdown. And some people are panicking. And let's say it gets really, really bad. We're still not supposed to panic. And many times, oftentimes, pretty much the whole Bible, when Jesus is commanding us to do things, he's commanding us to do things we can't do on our own. Right. And I'll give you just a, a an example where he says, love your enemies. Love your enemies and pray for them. And we read that and we're like, some people, I remember, I just read it and passed right by it. Because <clears throat> I'm thinking, maybe he didn't really mean that. But I'm thinking, Jesus said it for a reason. We're supposed to love our enemies. How do you do that? You can't do it only with Jesus. And right here when he's saying, don't worry, I got you. Uh-huh. Don't be like the Gentiles that are saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? They're basically panicking. He's saying, I got you. So how does an, a believer and an unbeliever differ? They're the same people. They are same people, the same people prone to panic like the world is doing right now. But how do we not panic? It's because we have Jesus. Right. So I don't want to say that, oh, I'm not panicking because I'm such a good Christian. Yeah, there's, not to, there's not meant to be <clears throat> cavalier or anything like no, that. No, there's nothing in That's, me that says anything like that. Right. In fact, the only reason why I'm not panicking right now is really because I trust in God. That's it. That's the only reason. He's the only reason. I can be in this situation and not panic. And I think that's important that we highlight that because right. I think I keep saying, I think I noticed that right now, but uh, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, you see it all around us. Yeah. And that's why I think, Oh my gosh, it grieved me when we were in this chat and our two brothers were panicking and it was a little bit sad for me. Well, let's hope that they, uh, they were just, uh, you know, being wise and that's not to say that they're bad right you know that's i mean we're we're all flesh and we 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 can't do them we can't do the things that jesus wants us to do without him and and you know one part of the reasons why i enjoy doing the the men's men ministries because it keeps me in check so i'll I'll give you a little story about this uh prior to getting into the men's ministry and setting all that up though it, it took me about a year to get this thing going and through this year, I got more and more into the word, reading more and more into the Bible. And I started something funny started happening. And you've known this because, you know, we've been in touch for a few years yeah. now. Uh, I started a business and I was worried about is Am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? And, you know, along the way, God put people in front of me that were going to guide me. Yes. Javier being one of them. Yes. He's, a, he's a leader of men's of, uh, works of power ministry. And he's been a mentor to me. Right. And, you know. As our relationship has, you know, not just with him, but with my pastor as well, mm-hmm. and with you guys, fellow men, you know, as, as all these spiritual people have gathered around me, all of a sudden things, are, you know, things are happening at, at work that are worse now than they were in year one. I mean, business has basically stopped to a, a screeching halt. It stopped. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, instinctively, I want to worry and, and I do want to, you know, panic and all that. And yeah. it takes... As, you know, in, in my studying for the for the men's ministry podcast here, I'm reading his word and I'm like, man, I shouldn't be worried. 
Right. What am I worried about? Right. And then one of the other, you know, I was debating between this verse and I guess I'll jump right ahead to James chapter one. Okay. And I don't even want to jump on there, uh, Lazaro, but it talks about endurance. Trials, uh, trials is a test of your faith mm-hmm. and uh, the test of your faith so you could build endurance. And so I think that that kind of coincides. And um, my pastor preached on that on Sunday. Funny enough, it, it kind of all this was um, happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. You would think it's a coincidence, but with God, it's not a coincidence. Right. And so, uh, so endurance, testing of our faith, and uh, and now you know, obviously, God saying, "Hey, don't you know why worry is not going to add a, a day to your life." When you read all these things, it, it's it's amazing how this Bible has really does prepare you for exactly. any trial in life. And so, for all the men listening out there, think about that, man. The Bible prepares us for these things, and people like to call it an antique book, uh, mm-hmm. a irrele- irrelevant book, and doesn't apply to today it absolutely applies to today and um because it he tells us you know birds have been around as long as humanity has been around he takes care of the birds you know why shouldn't he take care of us now that's not to say things are are not going to go perfect right we will some of us you know suffer financial hardships as a result um, undoubtedly you know but that doesn't mean you're going to be forsaken and i think that's the the key difference is that we might go through trials. We might, we may lose a job. We may lose some income. Right. You know, our plans to, like for me, it sounds trivial in comparison now that I'm hearing people lose their jobs. But my, we had a family vacation lined up and it's obviously been canceled. And that's what I mean. It sounds trivial because now I'm seeing people going through real pain. And it's just like, when you look at it in context, it's like, man, what am I complaining about? Right. You know, so, and, um, and so I find myself being more worried about my, or not, not even more worried, but I find myself praying for my team. And that's the other thing. I'm not worrying about people. I'm praying for people. So yes. when I when I found out that that people were losing their jobs and things like that, I immediately I started praying for them. Yes. Versus, oh man, I, you know, before I'll be like, oh, that's so horrible. Let me know if you need anything. Right. Like you still say those things, right? But you know, those cliche comforting words. Right. But deep down inside, man, I just I pause for a minute during the day and I start praying for these people. Like, man, Lord, please take care of them. You know, whatever it is you you have lined up for them you know, show them who you are right away so that they know that this was all part of a bigger plan that you had for them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I heard, uh, and, you know, with people, again, not to be cavalier, because that's not what we're, that's not the point I'm trying to uh, come up, you know, make make here. Right. But when someone once told me, uh, if God has a plan for you, nothing could derail it. Right. So whether, you know, you know, and if it's your time to go, it's your time to go to, you know, if God yes. calls you, he calls you no matter what. And we see that all the time, you know, fellow believers pass away in their sleep mm-hmm. when they were perfectly healthy the day before. Or, you know, this month has been rough. <laughs> in January, you know, Kobe Bryant passed away in yeah. a horrible uh, helicopter accident. Yeah. Healthy, rich, millionaire. His time, you know, God said it's your time to come. And it, he made, you know, God made it. You know, I mean, we don't know why God did it, but it happened. So, you know, when, it, when it's our time, it's our time. And um, so for now, while these trials occur, you know, um, I encourage man to read the word, read Matthew, read the Sermon on the Mount. You know, before he talks about anxiety, he's actually talking about how to, he talks about some church discipline, how to, you know, go to your brother. You know, if you read the Bible and you're trying to, you know, kind of like learn about anxiety, you might learn a few other lessons along the way when you right. read the whole, you know, when you right. read the whole sermon. So. Take that opportunity to study about this particular subject, but study the, the Bible. Look at chapter five, look at chapter seven and see what else he talks about. Because during the, that Sermon on the Mount is a powerful sermon, you know. There's and, a lot to chew on right there. A yeah, lot. a lot to touch on. And, 
And I think, you know, reading that really makes us stronger, makes us better as leaders, because if we're prepared, the ones, the people that depend on us see that we're preparing, they react better. And I think we bring them comfort, we bring them peace, and we Absolutely. show them Christ. Absolutely. So um, anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, I Right now, I was thinking about, as you were talking, um, so we're talking about these trials and how we're not supposed to panic. Obviously, we can't do it unless Jesus, Jesus is with us. And the, the picture that came to me right now is Peter. Peter... Mm-hmm. Why do we love Peter? Because he's so much, at least he's like, I'm like him. He drops the ball all the time. <laughs> he drops the ball all the time. He puts his foot in his mouth all the time. So much where even Jesus told them, Satan, get behind me, man. And this is the same Peter who walked on water. Yeah. And if you know the story, they were in a storm right before that. Jesus says, we're going to go to the other side. They jump on this boat. Jesus is tired. He's falling asleep. And the guys, what what do they do in this storm? They panic. Yeah. They panic and they have Jesus on the boat with them. So they're like, get up, get up. They're all panicking. Yeah. And Jesus is like, dude. I'm right here. Didn't I? Yeah. You, I am with you. And I, so he's like, storm, stop. And he just stops the storm, right? <laughs> and it's Magical awesome. power. Right? Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he's in control of everything. Yeah, he is. And then what happens? Peter's the one that's, walking on water right he says he he thinks he sees a ghost or whatever right mm-hmm. and then his eyes are on jesus jesus told him to come to him and he starts to walk on water and you can imagine peter's like i'm walking on water right. but he's looking at jesus and then what happens he takes his eyes off jesus for a little bit boom he sinks like a rock, he sinks like a rock. and then jesus has to go save him because he takes his eyes off jesus so what what am what am i trying to say in that there's a storm but Jesus is with you. You're not supposed to panic. Do you panic? Are you a bad person if you panic? No. All the disciples, all these guys in the boat with him, they all panic. That could be us. That could be us. And then Peter, he's doing something miraculous because he's got his eyes on Jesus through this storm. Right. And that's us. As long as we have our eyes on Jesus, one, he's going to get us through the storm. Heck, he may even have you do something miraculous right. through the storm. Or he's going to do something miraculous to you through the storm. But notice it's through the storm, right. through the storm, through the storm. And, and, you know, and you brought up a good point. You know, They panicked, right? Everybody in the boat Everybody panicked. panicked. And, and I think part of the reason why they panicked is because, and part of the reason why we panic when we're going through these trials and is because we forget the God we serve. Absolutely. So, we take our eyes off of Jesus. Well, but also we need to realize who Jesus is, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus is God himself. Mm-hmm. So God manifested himself in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And he's, imagine the creator of the universe being right in front of you. And despite the creator of the universe being in front of you, and he's asked you to follow him. That's what he did, right? He asked all the disciples to follow him. Right. And so he's asked you to follow him. He's the creator of the universe. You're in a boat with him. And because you don't realize the God you're serving, you still panic. Yes. And so they panicked when Jesus was with them. We don't see Jesus physically like they did. Mm -hmm. We know he's here with us, obviously. So we forget who we serve. And that's part of the reason why we have anxiety. And uh, right now, you know, to to anxiety, I know we're we're talking about the stay-at-home order. That's the subject of the day. And the hot subject right now, but for future uh, readers, uh, I'm sorry, future listeners and a future time, 
this sort of anxiety happens in other aspects. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this may sound trivial, and I, and I want to kind of reach out to the young men here, especially, is that you get anxiety for all kinds of things. And uh, it could be something as trivial as, well, we, we call it trivial now, but back then it wasn't trivial. When you ask your potential, you know, partner out, you know, when I asked Adrian, my Adrian out, it was anxiety. You know, when I interviewed for that dream job that I, you know, for, for you know, the company that I, that I work with now, it, it was anxiety. So this, this, this anxiety happens in everywhere at every time, right? And so you have to keep that in perspective because what, what does anxiety do? is that if you let the anxiety take over you, when those opportunities come, they won't be there for you. You right. may, you may not get that you. job. That, that girl of your dreams may reject you. You know, um, you will not, you know, do the things you wanted to do. You may live, and then that causes uh, living a life of regret. What if, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Man, if only she would have said yes. Oh, man, if only they would have hired me, my life would be different. And now anxiety causes some sort of failure, which leads to regret, which leads to further a downward spiral. Um, am I making sense? Yes. So, uh, I, you know, that's why I want to talk about this anxiety thing because it affects us in so many other ways that we don't even see it. Sometimes anxiety can be so small, you know, we, we dismiss it really quickly. And then, you know, years along the line, you're like, you think about that moment of your life that was could have been really significant. And and it takes years for you to finally realize, oh man, I really blew it back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh I remember one time uh, I, I continue to have these one, what if moments, but right after college, I had a uh, right after college, I had interview for a job and in, uh, in Irvine, some some engineering company, and I was a business major, so they were going to hire me for some financial analysis position or something. And man, I, I did really well, and you know, I was in banking still, and they offered me the position. And as soon as they offered me the position, man, I froze and I talk about anxiety, man. I, I, how am I going to say, how am I going to tell the bank that I quit? They've done so much for me. They had helped me with my education. Back then, the bank would help me with the tuition cost reimbursement. Mm-hmm. So they had really done a lot for me, the bank. And I say the bank because, you know, the industry as itself back then was really, treated their employees really well. And they still do today. They, that hasn't changed very much. Uh, but, um, you know, when that time came, I had anxiety and I froze and I froze and I, and I ended up telling the finance, this company, Nerva, I ended up telling them no, because I was so afraid to tell the bank no. And mm-hmm. so you get in these positions. And at the time, I'm like, man, did I make the wrong decision? And for a few years, you know, uh, this happened back in 99. So it took a couple of years for me to finally realize, okay, no, God had a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness God made it work out. And sometimes, you know, like what I said earlier, when God has a plan for you, it'll work out no matter what. Right. So because it wasn't two years later after that, so-called rejection is when I'm when I met my wife. So uh, imagine just how differently life could have gone. But man, that anxiety really gets you. Right. And so uh, I, I know I don't know if that, that's been a, an issue with you, where anxiety sometimes you think oh has gone the best of you or not. All the time. I mean, again, going back to depression, anxiety is part of it. It paralyzes you. Uh, give you an example. Um, we always, my family and I always get together. My cousin Chris and Javi, we're always getting together. It's a big part of our of our history, I guess, in our family. But when you're depressed and you're filled with anxiety and there's all this tension in your life, even the things that you want to do, you don't do. Like you want, I want to be out there. I want to go hang out with my family, but I also don't want to. And it's just weird. It's like this anxiety just paralyzes you and 
again, we keep talking about what Jesus is telling us to do. Nowhere are we supposed to be like that. You no, know, we're, we're not, not supposed to have a spirit of fear, right? That's what, that's, what, I think that's what, what started the podcast. Yeah. Right. I don't know if you called me and mentioned that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so true. That is yeah. so true. Yeah. He does not give us the spirit, the spirit of fear. So where does it come from? It comes from the devil. It comes from the devil. And I deal with that with my kids. I'm a tennis coach and my kids sometimes get paralyzed with anxiety. They will not move. I have them take tests. And sometimes they're like, you know what? I'm not going to take the test because I'm not going to pass it. So, I'm like, <clears throat> sorry to interrupt you, but I right. actually want you to expand a little bit on that. You're a tennis coach. Yes. You, you have kids. Uh, yes. Share the age groups. And then also share when they tell you I'm going to fail, like, are you talking about a tennis test or because I've seen them, they come to you for much more than tennis at this yes, point. Yes. So share some of that, please. Well, okay. I'll start. I have, it ranges from little kids to right now, probably about teens, but I have coached uh, adults and recently up to like senior citizens. You 80, coach me. 85 years old. <laughs> it was not 85. <laughs> but with my kids, I'll give you a small example. They... I recently started having them take tests so they can move up in their different levels. And it's nerve wracking for them. And I want them to have the test and I know it's going to be tough for them, but they have to, it's, it's a testing of their skills. And some of my kids get nervous and some of them get so paralyzed that they're like, I'm not going to take the test. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to take, everyone has to take the test. And they're so paralyzed to, or in the middle of their test, they're timed on it. And I've had this one kid in particular, a really sweet boy. But in the middle of his test, he just says, I don't remember what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, yes, you do. You could do this. I don't remember. I don't remember. And he just keeps saying, and then he just, he just puts his, and he's done. And he's done that to me a couple times. And I've talked to him and I told him, look, man, those are lies from the devil. I tell him, you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. God doesn't talk to you like that. I'm going to bring back Peter, right? right? When Peter dropped the ball, right? Peter said, I'm not going to deny you. And then what did Jesus tell him? Yes, you are. You're going to deny me. Three, Three times. times, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. And she, and Peter was probably like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then we're reading just a few, what, a few verses later, Peter's there denying Jesus three times. I think he even curses on one of them, right? And then Jesus is getting beat up. And as Jesus is being brought out, they lock eyes. Jesus looks at Peter and I cannot imagine that Jesus looked at Peter like, you see, you freaking loser. Didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you you're going to drop the ball and reject me? He didn't look at him like that. He had, I imagine he looked at him with these loving eyes and that's what broke Peter. Peter was crying. And that's what I tell my, my kids. I tell them, when you hear the little voice in your head saying, you can't, you're never going to do it. This is not going to happen. That's a lie from the devil. God doesn't talk to you like that. God says, yeah, you can. Or, hey, you know what? You may mess up, but that's okay. You'll pass it the next time. God doesn't talk to you in a condescending way like that, like the devil does. So when you hear that voice talking kind of mean and takes away your hope, that's the devil. And why do you want to believe the devil when he hates me and you? And it kind of like, they're like, wow, that that sort of makes sense, you know? And... And they're not taught that in school anymore, unfortunately. Oh, no, they're not taught and, that in and, school. Uh, or, or even, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but even in some churches, they're not teaching that. And, and you're right. In some and, churches, they don't teach that either. So that's a whole other subject. Yeah. For a whole other. Maybe in 2022, we'll talk about the church. <laughs> because this, this preparation thing is going to take a while. I'm going to read chapter one of James. Uh, Go ahead. Only because uh, I think it ties in with Matthew, okay. uh, this particular chapter as well. So uh, maybe one through five. 
you know, James, a bond servant of, of uh, God, our Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And actually, I'll just stop right there. Okay. And so this is this is something that, you know, your, your students kind of have to go through, and I hope they realize that, that these trials are going to produce, it's going to test their faith yes. in God and themselves. Yes. And it's going to produce endurance because, guess what, the tests, your test is tough. But as they get older, the tests of life are going to be yes. that much more harder. Yes. And I think that's what happens. And to that's us. the that's the preparation for. In other words, you can use sports to to help kids in life. I think everybody knows that. So these tests are small tests for them. It's the end of the world. I had a kid tell me when he didn't pass. I said, you know, some of you guys might feel like this is the worst day of your life. It's not. He's like, yes, it is. This is the worst day of my life. And yeah. A, a few weeks, a week later, a few, he's fine, right? Yeah. But um, I don't know where I was going with that, but um. You mentioned the that these trials and these tests that we put or I put them through, it is preparation. It is, is it is to get them ready because I could see them being nervous, being stressed out, and just freezing. Yeah. But once they've done that a few times, they're like, oh, because I've had kids who fail their test because they're paralyzed by fear, and then after they failed it, maybe another time, they're like, you know what, this ain't that bad. And then they come the third time, and it's like a walk in the park, a test, a test that I thought was too hard for my kids. I've had the test for like, I made this thing too hard, man. They're not going to pass. <laughs> and then the kid who, who's telling me, in fact, it was him. The kid who's telling me it was the worst day of his life, takes the test, passed it like if he was taking a walk in the park. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he's built endurance. Yeah, he's built you endurance. Know, and, and I'm thinking he's going to carry that into school because he's going to take a really tough test. Maybe he's going to have a real tough teacher. And... They're going to feel like, can I do this? And they should look back. And if they had, especially if they had a lot of matches as well, because yeah. sometimes you're really scared in matches. I know I've been there, right? And the more you have tests like that, and maybe you failed or maybe you failed and came back, as they get older, they're going to be able to handle these trials, handle these tests a little bit better and hopefully not panic and yeah. hopefully not be gripped by fear and believe what I told them that that comes from the devil. It doesn't come yeah. from God. And, you know, with the whole endurance thing and testing your faith thing, I do, you know, encourage the men that are listening, you know, things are not, and you think this is bad, it's going to get worse. Uh, and I don't mean like there's going to be a bigger virus or anything like that. What I mean is you individually as a man, as an, as an individual person, you're going to go through tougher trials. And uh, and I don't I don't say that as, as a gloat or anything like that. It's, it's just the way life is. Uh, again, I mean, you know, I'm a little bit older now and the things that I was facing in high school or even in college that thought were very tough. And I go, man, it can't get any harder than that. And uh, it did. It got actually got a whole lot harder. <laughs> and and, um, and even now, you know, I've been in business three years. And each year, the challenges we've had has been extremely hard. I remember the first year was a price hike. The second year was a, <laughs> it was a underwriting change that led, to, that led to a price hike. And this year is a screeching halt to all business because there's a pandemic yeah. going around. So, you know, first year I thought, man, it can't get any harder than this. Or, oh, man, finally this is stopping. Second year, like, well, I guess it can't get any worse than this. And God is like, oh, yes, it can. And it will. And, you know, and what's this, is, going this is what year in your business? Uh, third year. I'm starting third my third okay. year. Let's, so. let's take Diego from today and have him handle the challenges of year one. You could do it. Better I will now. walk out the park. Right, be a walk in the park com compared to what I'm going through now. But that's now, the thing. I, I didn't know Diego was going to say that. I didn't know he was going to say it. it could be a walk in the park. I don't know, but I'm positive that the Diego of today 
would look back to year one. This is just three years ago and be like, yeah. my gosh, what I thought was so big back then. Yeah. And it's not, you know? and it's not, be, I mean, experience is a factor, but I think the main thing too is that Diego from year one and this Diego now, Diego from year three reads the Bible a whole lot more. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not better prepared, you know, think, you know, I, I'm getting oh, back into the You made me word. think of something. Sorry. Go ahead. The tr- I remember when you were in year one, yes. Diego was, I remember he was nervous. Yeah. But also those trials keep you very close to God. Oh, yes. And so it's two things I wanted to point out. God has been preparing Diego in just three short years. And now we have this coronavirus where we're all supposed to be staying in. Can you imagine that? He has been preparing you. And you said there's going to be other things. And he's going to prepare you for that. And then the second thing was, which I already mentioned, which is these trials bring you closer to God. And if you read, uh, there's another, we could do another podcast on this. One of my favorite books, if not my favorite book, the story of Job. Yes. You know, Job went through. I was thinking about that verse, uh, right? But I I, I decided to go with Matthew. But yeah, Job. But Job went through the trials. trials. Oh, yes. And when he, when everything went bad, he didn't say, oh, this God is so evil. What is he? He praised God. How do you do that? But you can't do that unless you have God. Unless you have faith. And then at the end, you can, you can hear the change in Job where he's like, you know, he had like a an understanding of God, but he didn't really know him. Well, he understood and, the content, right? right. Like, were you there when I created everything? Right. Like, he understood all these things. But right? this trial changed Job, and now he really knew God. And in your preparation for year three, you know more. You know God more today than you did just three years ago. Right, and that, that'll happen to you know if, you, if you're a man out there listening, or even if you're not. You know, men might share this with women. And so I encourage anyone, whether, you know, male or female, and when life gets tough, you know, read the word, get yourself grounded in the word, because in the Bible, it prepares you for everything. 100%. And, and not only does it prepare you, but it, it, it tells you what's going to happen. So it prepares you and what's going to happen. You're going to build endurance. And what's that, what's that going to lead to? Better relationship with God. Better you faith in Christ. key thing. I, want, I don't want any of us to skip over it. He tells you what's going to happen. That, that's important. Yep. He tells you, hey, th- be prepared. this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Persecution. It's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. If they make fun of you or they persecute you, it's because of me. Yep. But I got you. Don't even, don't even trip. Yep. You know, I got yeah. you. I need to make one correction because I know someone out there is going to be like, he doesn't know his Bible. And I don't know the whole Bible. But I think I'm, I, I mashed up two stories when I talked about Peter, right? So Peter, the um when they're crossing the boat with jesus yes they were all together with jesus when peter's walking on water jesus was not with them but you guys get the point they both work okay thanks for correcting i actually totally missed it so just no i thought not an as i was saying it i'm like i think i just mashed up two of them but i'm like there's no voice in your head that told you that right? <laughs> no I, okay. I was thinking that <laughs> okay so uh with that uh i think uh i hope you guys have gotten something out of this uh you know just know that god's there man and um He's gonna he's gonna continue to uh, put these trials in front of you. This particular trial is affecting everybody as a community. Yes, but some trials are gonna be individual, just to you, and nobody will understand them, but you or someone in your shoes. For example, if you're an architect, only architects get it. Or if you're a tennis coach, right. only tennis coach get it. If you're a teacher, only teachers understand the struggles. You know, uh, a lot of people like to go into teaching because they think it's an easy job. And I could tell you, my wife, I've seen her; she works harder than I do. And um, it's because she puts, you know, she has a real passion for students. And it's when you have a real passion for what you love that you'll face the trials. Because if you don't have the passion, I don't think, you know, oh, you don't care. So where's the trial in that? Where's the anxiety in that? Well, if you don't care, if you're indifferent, then there's no anxiety to that. 
But if it's something that you care about, then you will feel the anxiety because it's something that you're passionate about. And that's you pray to God for these things, right? And God listens to your prayers. So uh, any recommendations before we, I think you're getting ready to, to sign this out. I'm not sure, but what I have something, but I want to see what would you tell people right now who are, you know, maybe uh, would, feeling the anxiety. Maybe would, they are gripped by fear. I would tell them exactly what I said in February, uh, which is begin your day with prayer. Begin your day with prayer. You know, I, I tell my team, you know, we have a daily planner where we outline all of our goals for the day. And for the Christian and, and hopefully for those that are seeking, you know, God, step number one, pray. Step number two, pray some more. And then maybe get to what do you want to get accomplished for the day. But if you don't begin your day with prayer, you know, you're not beginning your day with purpose. And I think that that uh, is what I would tell anybody is pray. Pray, you know, the first thing you do. I pray when I work out. I told the men in February that I wake up, I exercise, and I'm praying, and I'm listening to Christian music, and I'm preparing myself for the day ahead that some days is easy, some days you get some real curveballs, you know, and so when you pray, you're prepared for all those types of outcomes. So uh, that's what I would tell any, anybody that's listening, you know, what I would tell them right now with all these things going on. It doesn't matter if it's, a, you know, a global pandemic or not. Or, you know, a United States pandemic, man, just begin your day with prayer because God will listen to your prayer and you'll be better equipped to handle the day. So that's actually my call to action. So that's funny you bring up. So the call to action is, uh, and it was the same as last month. I noticed how it doesn't change because it, at the end of the day, that's true. It's like, but this time I'm going to, I am going to add some things to it. So open your day with prayer to prepare for the day, but make it a point to prepare for your loved ones because your loved ones during this next couple of months, might be going through some trials financially, economically, because the economy is going to get hit. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be more unknowns to come. So last month, Lazaro, uh, I was talking about in project management, they have a preparation stage uh, where they prepare for the knowns, the unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. So we know what's going to happen to us. We think you know, we could project some things going bad, and then we better prepare for the things we don't even know are coming. And I think at this point, we didn't. none of us knew this was coming. This was an unknown unknown we just talked about it a month ago it happened within a month you know so prepare for these type of things and and not, again god knows it all god already knew this was going to happen so align yourself with god so that you know you know how to prepare for the day you know what god has to say about it and he could tell you what's going to happen and what's going to come mm -hmm. out of this and what's going to come out of this is a stronger faith in god stronger faith in our savior that you know died for us and uh for our sins and so that relationship, the stronger it gets, man, the better life is, no matter what happens around us. Any any final thoughts as we close up? Um, I was thinking about Acts 2.42. Okay. Where it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Last Supper or communion and to prayer. So those are four things that are really good for us, obviously, studying the word, fellowship, especially now. We're all quarantined, right? Mm. This is the perfect time to have fellowship with your family. Virtual fellowship. And virtual fellowship as well. Mm. And doing the breaking of bread. It talks about the communion. Um, that's super important. We're going to have it Wednesday uh, at our church. Obviously, not at our church. We're all going to be doing it at home. And then prayer, what Diego said. But to lead into to the Bible, the men's Bible study that Diego's going to be talking about. 
I really think it's important to have that fellowship. And yes. even if it's going to be virtual, I'm very fortunate that I have my men's chat with you, Sam, Koki, yeah, and, me too. and Juan. Real time, yeah. To me, that's super important that I can reach out and say, guys, I'm going through something. I need you guys to pray for me. Yes. And sometimes I will say what I'm going through and sometimes I just don't say it, but I know that I can count on you guys for prayer. Right. I know that I can count on you guys for support. Iron sharpens iron. We read that in the Bible. So I believe it's super, super, super important to have some kind of fellowship. And Diego, you're, you're going to be doing a men's Bible study, which is great for the men. So I highly encourage you have a support group. You have people you can reach out to that you're not doing this alone. We're not supposed to battle this alone. Right. So, and you have a Bible study as well. I want. I I don't want to you know finish this without mentioning that that you do have a weekly Friday night Bible right. study that I've attended, and it's it's uh, people of all ages, which yeah. I think is wonderful because people from different experience levels get to share, and uh, you do a wonderful job with the Bible study. And uh, you know, you had your first virtual Bible study yeah. this last Friday as well. And I think you reach more people than you did when they were yeah. in person, and that's the good thing that's coming out of all this. And like, again, you know, trials and anxiety and all that. But look, what's, let's take a look at what's coming out. Fellowship is still occurring. Yeah, it just happens to be virtual fellowship. My pastor at, at our church uh, did his first uh, live stream service. He reached more people than he did in person. Right, and so this is good. All things work together for good. Exactly. To those that love God and are called according to his purposes. So your Bible studies are on Friday nights at around 7 o'clock? Yes, 7 p.m. In Southgate. In Southgate, And it's at your house. You hold it at home. Yes. And uh, we've held it other places. We can do it at someone else's houses. But yeah, yeah. we usually do it at my place. And you have an email. You have an uh, No, not an email. I'm sorry. You have a group chat that you text people to. So if you're interested in joining Lazaro's Bible study, uh, What's the best way to reach you through email or? Uh, yeah, they can reach me at grace sports, Inc at gmail.com. That's grace sports, I N C at gmail.com. And let's get together. If you need uh, coaching, <laughs> I'm yeah. all for it. And I have some friends of mine, Diego being one of them. Yes. And maybe I can encourage him to help me with some basketball stuff. Juan <laughs> as well. Who's really, really good. Sam with baseball, Koki with soccer. But I'm just trying to reach people and do uh, the Great Commission through sports. Through sports, exactly. That's very good. And, I, you know, I have seen Lazaro in action. I've seen him coach. He actually coached my daughter a couple of times. And it, it's not every day you find a man of God openly being opening, sharing his faith while coaching in a city location when you're, quote, unquote, not supposed to. Yes. God is allowing that to happen. And it's for a reason. is because Lazaro is reaching his kids. And... Um, it, a little email there. Sorry about that, guys. It, it isn't me. I always tell people it's God. So to God be the glory. To God be the glory. So thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. We will have another podcast uh, in at least a month. Might be sooner. Uh, depends on how this thing goes. However, thank you, guys, everyone, for listening. Please share it with your friends. Find us uh, on Facebook. The Facebook is uh, First Baptist Church of Artesia. If you like that page, uh, you could you know, get a hold of our website, and on our website, we'll have our podcast. The podcast will be available on iTunes, Spotify, all those major things. So as soon as we get those links, we'll send email blasts to everybody. I encourage you to please, please share it to anyone that you might think might get it. We're trying to keep it under an hour because uh, I, I just I think under an hour is good. And it's hopefully, good. And, it's yeah. Good. So um, thank you, everyone. Please share it. Thank you so much. And uh, you guys have a great week. Talk to you guys soon.